Welcome to A Journey to Inner Wisdom. I am Crystal Powder-Solomon, a wisdomologist and host of this podcast. I will be exploring wisdom and the journey to our, our own inner wisdom. As with any journey, there are many ways to get where we are going. In this journey to inner wisdom, there are many tools, paths, and guides that we avail. Some, of, some we search for, some we bump into, and some are set down before us. I will explore some of these tools, paths, and interview guides who may influence your journey. It's not always easy to know where to start. I tend to start my workshops and programs with awareness, beliefs, and curiosity. So I thought I should just continue the ABCs of wisdom. And so I continued with discernment, emotional freedom technique or tapping, you may know it as, the emotional code and the Enneagram. I know I'm a bit stuck on the E's. And today I'm still on the E. I have a dear friend today with me, Lois Campbell, who has shared my interest in the Enneagram for many years. We have worked, traveled, played, lots of laughing and crying together over the years. And today we will have a conversation about the Enneagram and how she has used it in both her work and her life and its impact on, on both. So Lois, welcome. Thank you. Good to be with you, Crystal. Great. So how is the weather in Pittsburgh today? Uh, as usual, it's warmer, approaching spring, but gloomy. Oh, um, is it? No, no sun. No sun. We don't have sun here in Windsor either. But spring is coming. The flowers are starting to, to come through. And, and I'm sure your flowers are taller than my flowers. <laughs> I have a yard full of daffodils. Oh, I'm so jealous. Mine are just, they're just out maybe three inches and they have little buds on top. But okay, I am jealous. I have to get up to Pittsburgh soon. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, today I'm very excited to talk about the Enneagram because I think our, our paths with the Enneagram have intersected many, 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 many times. So I'd like to start um, with just having you tell, tell us a little bit about how you came to know the Enneagram and the impact that it's had on your journey. Well, I came to know it initially through a workshop probably more than 30 years ago, um, and began to get in touch with my own number, but was fascinated by the whole process and the whole, just the whole system. Found it useful in my own life and found it useful in my work. Um, so I, I, uh, I also happened at that time to be working with a woman who knew it well. And so I had someone to um, sound things off on and, uh, there was a moment when I said to her, I think I'm a three. And she looked at me and she said, Lois, if you want to pretend to be a three for a while, go ahead, but you're an eight. <laughs> this is what I had thought I was uh, pretty generally. Uh, so I just got intrigued by it, uh, studied it a lot and um, re read. I, I especially found it helpful to listen to tapes, listen to uh, recordings. Uh, as well as read books. Mm. So I collected pretty good collection of um, information on it, both in book and recording form. And find I found I use it with my staff, um, um, found often in coaching and supervising staff. Uh, for the ones who were interested in going in that direction, we actually talked about it. For the ones who weren't interested in going in that direction, as I began to get a sense of their energy, I could, 
I could shift my approach to make it more helpful to them. Um, one, I had one person I found I was getting a negative reaction when I first interacted with her and came to realize that I think she was a six. Mm. And so she needed reinforcement before I, before I, I raised anything that might be a little bit more frightening. Um, so, so I use it a lot uh, in, my, in my work and I love to be in conversation with people about it. Mm-hmm. So, so what was it that really piqued your interest initially? Because I, I can remember um, our mutual friend, colleague, Shane Martin, introduced me to it when mm-hmm. I was out in California leading a, a retreat. And we were, we were just totally gripped by it. We had Helen Palmer's original book right. and uh, we just couldn't put it down. It was, and of course we all thought we were nines initially and it was like, okay, well, what are we really? Like there was just so much to learn in it, but there was something about it that just really grabbed me kind of, it sounds like the same way as it happened to you. Yeah, I, I don't know if I recognized it immediately. I, I loved it immediately, but um, you know, I, I know the Myers-Briggs. I know that, um, a lot of different personality styles, um, uh, tools, but the Enneagram more than any points toward transformation. Uh, helps me get clear about who I am essentially and, and where I get stuck, where I mm-hmm. tend to get caught. And, and what are some paths to move out of that? So, so it, it was a transformational tool, much more than any of the others that I've worked with. And that's what I loved about it. And I think that sometimes um, people miss that part of it. You know, they just see it as a personality tool and they don't realize that, yes, the Enneagram identifies a personality, our personality, but the, the, the real, uh, transformative element, as you say, of the Enneagram is getting behind the personality. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think, I, I know the Myers-Briggs as well, and I, it's a great tool, it's a great team builder, but it, it doesn't have that transformational element to it that, that the Enneagram has at all. It's descriptive, uh, simply. And this That's is right. both descriptive, but it also helps me name um, you know, the, the, I mean, the eight redeemed and, and healthy eight energy is really quite different than out of control eight energy. And I've been both. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and I want to be, I want to be the, the I want to be the healthy eight energy. Exactly. Who it becomes clear. That's right. And I think that's where often people struggle. I know that um, in my work with um, people, often we would get caught in just making some changes to personality as opposed to really transforming and getting behind personality. And, and getting to that true essence, I think is really important. And in, in looking at the ABCs of, of inner wisdom, talking about beliefs, I think that's a real critical piece of the Enneagram is understanding how our, we make up our beliefs mm-hmm. and that we get stuck in them and we think that's what the whole world looks like. Right. And I think that then realizing that underneath those beliefs, there is, um, 
how can I say it? There's a, 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 a space where our true self comes out mm-hmm. and we don't need to have those beliefs to protect us. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's, that's really um, what's so, so cool about, about the ape or about the Enneagram. So talk, talk to me a little bit about the uh, being in the unhealthy space and the healthy space of the eight, because I think that's where when people really get the Enneagram that it's a movement. We recognize that when we're unconscious, mm-hmm. we're in a, an unhealthy space often, but as be, we become more aware, mm-hmm. then we get, we, we have the opportunity to transform and move into the healthy space. I think, um, for, for me, uh, some of it, some of it is related to the movement of the arrows. I know when I'm in a healthy space, I see people more clearly and mm-hmm. see what they need, and I'm not so focused on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so the move toward the two of the energy mm-hmm. of wanting to help people mm-hmm. is is one thing I I notice, um, and then uh, just coming to terms with anger that and, mm-hmm. and eight sit in anger mm-hmm. and um and rather like the that energy mm-hmm. um, and and it can be useful or it can be really destructive yeah so um i've seen myself uh, grow in my capacity to um well first of all pay attention to the impact of my anger mm-hmm. because I, I can be in a very energized conversation that somebody else would perceive as extremely angry and and I'm loving it mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm having a ball and the person if I if it's another eight they're loving it too right but freaking everyone else out in the yes. group yeah so that's one thing I'm I've learned to be become conscious of is the impact of something that I'm really quite comfortable with um yes, on right. on many other people um the other thing is just being in touch with who I am as an eight. I lean into nine. I lean mm-hmm. into, I, I've discovered I'm, my primary work is facilitation, mm-hmm. as you know. And I facilitate in nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it allows me to really be listening to people in a different way. Mm-hmm. And to, um, but interestingly, because the eight, Eights are perceived as powerful. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, at, I think I was, I don't know if I was with you or not, but I was at a meeting on the West Coast um, and with a group of people that I've been working with uh, for quite a while. And it was our last meeting together. And we were, we were hugging each other as we left. Mm-hmm. And this one really tall guy said, I always thought you were taller than this. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm only five five, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I I'm perceived as much bigger. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's the energy of the eight. That's right. Making, so using it healthily. That's right. That's right. Not as a bully, but using it to command a room, if you will. Yeah. And and you you made a really interesting point that I think is important for the Enneagram when people do discover their type is that. Whatever the uh, the energy is, whether it's the anger of the eight nine one, or it's the grief and sadness of two three four, or the fear of five six seven, 
there are positives and positives and negatives to it. And it's the ability to recognize when I'm, when I'm in an unhealthy space with the fear and when I'm in a healthy space with the fear for me as a seven and rather than, Oh, it's, 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 it's only one or the other. It's like, we always live in a polarity. It's we're always moving. And sometimes we slip into, it's like, okay, I'm afraid and I'm not, and my fear is keeping me from doing something as opposed, I'm afraid, but um, I'm still going to do it because I need to do it or I want to do it. And in fact, the fear might help you to do it better. Exactly. Exactly. Because then I can access courage, which really gets to my soul as opposed to being such a scaredy cat that it just stops me completely or more to the point as a seven avoiding pain because I'm afraid of the pain. It's like recognizing pain is not always bad without great pain. There's not great love or great joy. And so realizing that if I limit my experience of pain, I'm also limiting my experience of love and joy and the intensity of emotion. And so needing to be able to stretch into, okay, I can love deeply, but I, I, it also means that I experience pain. And that's not going to, to eradicate me, kill me mm-hmm. or whatever. It, I, I just I need to learn to, to be present to, to whatever that is. Yeah. And for me, some of that shows up around um, one of the hardest things for eights is to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and to acknowledge vulnerability. So, so that's, that's one of the polarities I deal with is, um, as seeing that, that I I can be vulnerable and actually, and still strong. Yes. That they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, as I said, that's a, that's a real struggle with some people. It's like, oh, I don't want to be that. That can't be me. I don't, they resist when in fact, when you understand that living in the polarity, is and being aware of it is where the health begins. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Cool. Um, so when you work with a group, Lois, what's it like working with a, a, a group with the Enneagram? You talked about working with staff or have you ever worked with a group where the whole group wants to, to learn about the Enneagram because they work together? Yeah. Yeah. We, I've done that a number of times. Um, actually um for the mutual friend that you you just talked about mm-hmm. i've done it for his team a couple of different times and um and then i've done it with a just a, a small community that i'm part of mm-hmm. and the rest of the community wanted to hear that and learn the enneagram so i've done it in a number of contexts um i uh i i found it i don't i don't think i'm the best at that um, on the Myers-Briggs, I'm an ISTP. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm natu- not naturally intuitive. Um, and, and so I, I had, to, I really have learned the Enneagram and know it pretty well, but I don't have the instinctive, intuitive sense of it that like you would have. Right. So, so I really, when I present it, I really do just present each one of the types mm-hmm. Uh, present a little bit about the um, the um, wings and, and and then and then we talk 
yeah. um, and and get them to talk with each other. So it's it's fun to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm often envious when I'm doing it of people. Uh, like I I know someone right here right now who's worked with the Enneagram much less often than I have, but she really has pretty. She reads the energy immediately. Right. So she she could say you know somebody could say I'm a, I'm I think I'm a five and she she'd be able, she'd know how to question them and say well <laughs> right right yeah. so so I see that as a handicap but I I love the system and so I just you know I it's in some ways that's an advantage because people struggle to learn and so right. you know I understand the struggle right. But let me ask you this, the, uh, on the Enneagram, there are three um, centers of, of knowing or energy centers. There's the, the head, the body, and the heart, and you fall into the body uh, energy. And um, my sense is that, yes, you're an ISTP on the uh, Myers-Briggs. I'm an INFP, so there's the intuitive element, but um, being being a, a body energy how much do you trust that body energy to recognize the energy in other people uh, i i think i do to some extent um where i uh it's interesting because the way i experience the body energy is is in a different where i'm clear about it, it's in a different way what mm -hmm. i notice is like i i I have to know the Enneagram and then present it. If I try to work off notes or go, I, I don't work well if I try to go through my head. Hmm. I have to just be with the group. And, you know, so the part of my work with the Enneagram that's hardest is the presentation. Uh. Once I get into dialogue with them, then I can trust my body and we'll just go with it. Oh, that's really interesting. What I find, yeah, so if even in giving a talk, if, yeah. if I try to work off notes, I, I will fail every time. What I need to do is just um, have the talk and then have, have it internalized. And then I, I speak from my gut. Um, and Richard Rohr, who does a lot of writing, says one of the reasons he can speak so often and has so many tapes is that none of it goes through his head. Oh, interesting. And I find that. Um, yeah. I, I find I get totally stuck if I try to operate out of my head. So if someone says to me, why did you say that or why did you go in that direction? I can go into my head and pull it up and say, well, this is why. Mm -hmm. I did it out of my gut. Right, right. That's interesting because I am, I'm a head type. And so for me, I love notes. Mm -hmm. I love taking notes. I love making notes. I love lecturing. I, I love all of that because it goes through my head. And I, I, can, I can then get into my body because I'm right beside an eight. So I nudge against an eight. So, so the body is a little bit easier for me. The hardest part for me is the heart. Because mm -hmm. I'm connected to a, a one and a five, which are head and body. And mm -hmm. I have no direct connection with, with a two, three, or four. 
And yeah. that's, that's the biggest struggle for me is I tend to, I tend to shut down my emotions, which makes sense as a seven, because I don't like pain. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the biggest area of growth for me is to really allow myself to feel emotions and then to be able to recognize emotions in other people. I mean, I've worked at it for a long time and I think I'm better at it, but um, I know that I can, because I'm in my head, I can detach so easily that I, which is great in some situations where mm -hmm. if I'm working with someone where I need to step back and hold my energy and let them have their energy. But there are other times when I need to be connected. And I think that over the years, you know, being in, in, in small group sharing and workshops and whatever, it's been helpful for me because it allows me to share from the heart. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting that and my body, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. But I think that three energy centers are very interesting in terms of, yeah. of even well, recognizing people. And the eight, of course, links to both. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I then moves to two. So I moved to the heart center. That's right. In calm. And I moved to the, to the uh, head center yes. in, 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 in tension. That's right. Yeah. And I see that. I think as a child, I'm one of 14 children. Yes. And we didn't have a lot of resources, big family in a small house. I think I lived in five. Ah, uh, interesting. I, it also tempered my eight. So my eight looks different, I think, than, than a lot of, because there was, it was pretty clear to me that didn't matter how strong I was, I wasn't going to win in that setting. Right, exactly. With 14 kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and where were you in the lineup? I'm third. I'm third of 14. And the first two were boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Yeah. So, so you were like the smallest of the first three. So yeah, it would be hard for your eight to come out very strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So my, um, one of my growth lines is to the five and that's actually how I discovered I was a seven. I was, you know, I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. And, and then I was going through a period of where I really need to, needed to evaluate my lifestyle and um, what I was up to. And I realized I had retreated into the five to really assess what was happening in my life. And I thought, I'm a seven. This is my healthy move to retreat and decide, okay, what, what is it I want to do? Because as a seven, as you know, I want to do everything and tend to do so much that I burn myself out, which I haven't done for a while, which is good, but I've learned, I think. Um, but it was sitting in that space of five where I realized, aha. Yeah. So, so that being said, it's not always easy no. to figure out your, your enneotype. Mm -mm. No, it, it isn't easy. It isn't easy. It takes, it does take um, study and reading. And I, I like the idea of the tapes. And I think it takes conversation. Yes. You know, I think, um, you know, yeah. That's one of the things that I would do when, when I did, and uh, when I worked with people as a group on an Enneagram, is I made sure that there was time for one on one uh, co coaching mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. So once they began to have a sense of what their number might be, 
what their type might be, then, then we would sit down and I could just ask questions and explore with them a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always, um, when I know that people know the Enneagram, I always love to engage in those conversations because it really, I mean, it's not only helpful for me to understand myself, but I think it's important to understand other people's energy as well. You know, I liked your example initially when you talked about your staff member who, when you recognize the energy as perhaps a six, mm -hmm. you were able to tone down. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've been in situations where I can get pretty, um, what's the word, excited and engaged and full of energy doing something Mm -hmm. and, and, and it puts people off. They just think that I'm a little over the top. <laughs> so I have to kind of tone it down. And it was interesting. Yeah. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day who is a, who's also a seven. And she was sitting beside a five one day at an event and um, realized that her energy was just overwhelming that person and just kind of had to tone down and, and engage in a conversation that was was a little bit more um, uh, intellectual than an adventure. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought that was a great example of, you know, just yeah. recognizing that, okay, this, this person is not really on the same energy level as I am. On the other hand, a five, when a five moves to a seven, they can learn to have more fun with us as well. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned um, Richard Rohr as someone. Is is that one of your favorite authors? Or are there other authors that? I, that yeah, I would say well, uh, Richard Rohr and um, and Helen Palmer are my two favorite authors. Yes, yes. Um, I particularly liked um, a set of um, uh, 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 tapes of Helen Palmer's that where she really. Uh, worked on the Enneagram as a focus of attention. Mm. And that's, that's, that I think helped me more than anything to just mm. get a sense of, so what's going on in, in, in my type mm -hmm. and what's going on in the other mm -hmm. types in terms of how we pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which really ties into, we pay attention to what we believe uh -huh. in the world. And so right. it helps us to then understand our belief system. But that is a, that's an entry point in terms of what am I paying attention to is my focus here. I mean, as a seven, my focus tends to be in the future because I'm always looking for the next adventure, the next adventure. And so consequently, I often miss the moment. So I really have to work at paying attention to what is happening right now. Right. And, and sometimes I think everybody must be the same. It's like everybody must be thinking about that. And it's like, no, some no. people actually are present absolutely. and some people actually worry about what happened in the past and so it's really important then to to recognize that okay where where is my attention so okay that's cool i wonder if those are still available the you know, I, I don't know if they are um, hmm. i'm gonna I check on that yeah because she but is I, one of my favorite authors as i i mean i mentioned earlier that was the first book her book the enneagram which came out, I think, in the 80s, the last century, um, was really the definitive work for me that started me I on my journey with the Enneagram. The other book, I don't know, do you have you come across um, Beatrice Chestnut? 
I think you would like her work. She's mm -hmm. her her work is fairly recent. I've got a couple of her works, the complete Enneagram. That was 2013. So so much more recent. And then mm -hmm. she just um, co-authored a book with Uranio Paez, P-A-E-S, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up. And I think that mm -hmm. was just out this year. Yeah, 20, not last year, 2021. But I think you would enjoy that one. I'm, I'm holding it up for you, but I know nobody else can okay. see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guide to, that looks, okay. Yeah. The other person that I really, I, I just uh, ran into recently online was uh, Robert Holden. He um, does some work with Carolyn Mace, and he did a series on um, the Enneagram, very much focused on spirituality. And at the end of each session, Carolyn Mace did a meditation related to the, uh, the Enneatype. But it was very, very interesting yeah. to, to listen to him. And he also related it then to art. Um, and, and he really took a mathematical look at it as well, which, of course, I love because of my math background. I'm sure as a scientist, you would love that, too. Just that, that the mathematical laws that come into play with, with the Enneagram. Yeah. So... Um, Okay, well, you know what, we're coming up to almost a half hour. So I'm wondering if there's, if there's anything else you would like to say just to kind of tie this up. Um, well, I'm not sure. Um, just encouraging people to, to take a look at it. It is, um, uh, I, I, I was going to say what, what I love about Roar is that he's focused on transformation. Mm. Um, he's mm -hmm. focused on how we become more who we are uh, and the Enneagram can be a great tool for that yeah so um so that's uh, for me that's been the richness is it it is a path to transformation a path to growth and I think that um it makes me think of the fact that so many more people are searching for something more mm -hmm. than just doing Mm -hmm. working and making a living and accumulating yeah. goods and whatever. And I think, I think that going through a pandemic has, has caused many people to pause and think, okay, what, what else is there to life? And is this really why I'm here? And it's about getting to that purpose of why we're here. And then the transformation of, yeah. okay, who am I really? So, yeah, yeah. we, I, I'm, I'm, we are essentially spiritual beings. Exactly. And so if we're not attending to that, That's I right. think we're, yeah, I think our lives are not what they can be. That's right. And I think, you know, it's, I think we pay so much attention to this human costume and we forget that it's just a costume. We come into it. It's what we're given for this life. Yeah. But we forget who we really yeah. are. And yeah. that, yes, we have to take care of this human costume, but there is that essence of who we are that, yeah, we yeah. forget. We forget. We fall asleep. I love that phrase that we are not in spirited bodies. We are embodied spirits. Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, Lois, that's a great moment to, uh, to end. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a great conversation. We have to do this again. I love these Enneagram conversations. <laughs> we'll have to get Suzanne in on this. I think it's good. <laughs> Be good to 
really good to be with you. Thank you. Well, thank you all for listening today. Um, I do have one more. Oh, well, maybe I don't have one more E. I, I have been a little bit obsessed with the letter E, but I will be moving to the letter F and we're going to have, I hope, uh, forest bathing, which is really a soulful activity that will, uh, I hope, as spring is, is unfolding, take you into the forest and take you deeper and deeper into the journey of, uh, to inner wisdom and transformation. See you next time.